I love that the trend in clothing now is about like unbothered luxury. Well, that is why you need to check out Quince. It is a game changer. I now have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that a transition from one occasion to the next. I look like a classy lady and I stay on budget. There are 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. Are you kidding me? Also, I love their organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops that look good on everybody. And now they have timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. I love their cashmere. It is so soft and the quality is amazing. The gray one that I've had for years still looks brand new, but I've added different colors to them this season because who doesn't love fabulous cashmere? Also, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash juicy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash juicy to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash juicy. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Heather McDonald has got the juices scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales for real life, Mr. Sigmund, serial data, and serial sister. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Welcome to Juicy Scoop. I have the juiciest interview with Holly and Bridget from Girls Next Door with everything that's happened since, all the inside scoop. You're going to die. It gets real, real. Before we get to that, I just want to cover uh, a follow-up on the whole Alabama known as Bama Rush, sorority rush. Out of Alabama, they had bid day, so either the girls were cheering and were happy or they're crying or they're transferring schools or they got their second choice. It's done. It happened Sunday. What broke on Friday is that my Annie, who was a sorority girl, she was a Kappa Kappa Gamma at the University of Mississippi, uh, texted me with some real juicy scoop. And I go, uh, get on it. I'm going to explain this story as best I can. Okay, you tell me how I do, Annie. So there were, apparently, there was um, a suspicion that microphones were being sent in to record conversations for HBO Max from Vice Studios that was supposedly doing something with HBO Max. Now, when I first heard this, I was like, okay, wait a minute. That means 
that they had to find girls that were already enrolled in Alabama who would be willing to put on a mic and go through Rush and send that recordings to Vice Studios so they could either make a documentary, make a scripted show. I'm thinking, was it a mic? Could it have been like a little body cam cop, like what a cop would have? I don't know. And I thought that was a little hard to do because I'm like, you would have to find someone that was willing to do this and possibly jeopardize their own chance of being in a sorority. And I think if if someone was a cute enough, cute type, not cute enough, but a cute type of sorority type girl, and she's going to a place like Alabama, which is a big sorority fraternity place, most likely she would want to rush. But they believe that this was happening and that this one girl, I saw her TikTok, she said she got kicked out because she took a hair tie and put it around her shirt. And they had heard this rumor, the girls at Alabama, and they're like, oh my God, you're a mole. You're like a, it's like an, you know, like a cop that's like, you know, are you mic like the mafia? Get the fuck out. Like you're, what happened? Um, and they kick her out and she got dropped from sorority rush on suspicion that she might've been, you know, a little worker for HBO Max. Now this one girl said, um, her name's Emily Lim- Limbao and she's 23. She graduated from the University of Alabama in August. She's She was an alpha fee there, and she said she was contact, contacted via Instagram DM by a woman who identified herself as a producer from Vice Studios working on a documentary for HBO Max, and she thought it was super sketchy that the direct message came from an unverified account with no pro- profile pic, and the account seems to have been deactivated. Now, the PNMs, what does PNM say? Oh, potential new member. We never called them that. I think we just called them like rushies or whatever. Um, They were told not to post rush TikToks and also, well, a little too late for that, um, also not to talk to reporters if they came to the school or else they'd be dropped from recruitment. Now, what I thought was juicy on Friday is that uh, Annie told me that at University of Mississippi, she heard through the grapevine that the sorority girls there that were doing Rush. Maybe they were a little bit behind Bama. We don't do it until next week. Okay, so they're starting next week and this is their work week. We mean they get all their stuff together to to give the greatest show and get the best girls. And they heard about this and they were having people come in and teach them how to spot a girl who might have a mic or be mic'd. So here's what I'm thinking. Whether this is true or not, I think it's a juicy story to make a whole nother scripted movie about someone wanting to do a documentary about Sorority Rush. Maybe the girl's like a little genius and her mom's in entertainment and the two of them are like, you know what? We're going to make it in Hollywood. You're going to go and act like you're going to get into Alabama. You're going to act like you're into this and you're going to do a whole year as a mole and you're going to be collecting stories and you're going to be doing secret recordings and writing in your notes section and recording people and all this stuff. And then like at the end, the girls, she really ends up loving the girls. She was out there going to come and be like, these girls are awful people. This is a, you know, an old fashioned, awful people place for pretty people who are mean. And then in the end, she realizes they're all really lovely and they all really care about each other. And then she's like, I don't know what to do. Hollywood's calling and my mom and we're about to like sell this big thing to Netflix. And I'm going to be like the next little 
girl version of Steven Spielberg, or I found a boy I like and a sisterhood I love. There you go. There you go. You'll be watching it while getting your hair dried out at the dry bar in about six years from now. Um, Very juicy. Okay, you guys, I hope you have gone to HeatherMcDonald.net. I hope you have gotten your tickets to my live Juicy Scoop shows. They are selling really fast. I'm in a ton of cities. Anyway, it's all right there. And you want to go there because those are the direct links that will get you the best possible tickets for the best price. That's where you want to go, HeatherMcDonald.net. And now for my Juicy interview. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. I'm very excited. I have lots of questions for my two fabulous guests. <laughs> it's Holly and Bridget, known best from the girls next door. Now you guys are back because you. I'm very excited about your new show. Of Thank how you're you. going to watch back the episodes together and let us know what's real, what's not, what was happening in your brain, what was being portrayed. Very excited. Welcome to Juicy Scoop. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah, we have a new podcast. It's called Girls Next Level, and we will be going back and watching all the episodes and letting everybody know what was real and what was fake and all the drama behind the scenes and everything. So there's a lot to get into. So, I mean, I'm up. I've had you on the show before, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I've never met you, Bridget. I watched the show in the heyday of E. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, being on Chelsea lately, we would, like, follow it and discuss it a lot. And... I actually remember the first time I was even introduced to you. I was listening to a radio, regular Mm -hmm. radio show. I was driving around at night. I don't know what the show was, but they're like, and we're talking to Holly, who's Hef's girlfriend. And this was before the show. Oh, yeah. And and I was like, and the way you like told the story of like, oh, I was just at the pool one day or something. And he started to talk to like, what is the story? How did you meet Hef? Well, I had been invited to the parties at the mansion. I was doing a Hawaiian tropics thing, and like Hef's doctor went there, and he wanted to invite all the girls from the contest to the mansion, like put them on the list for the party. And I was so excited because back then, those parties were like the hottest ticket in town, and not just anybody could get in. So I was super excited. And from uh, there, I, I got, got in. I, I know, but you're cool. I would go to the party, but it, <laughs> wa- it was a fun yeah. Cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it was like Hollywood Elite and it was gorgeous. And and I never saw anything creepy when I was there at those parties. And that was yeah. end of 90s. So I don't know. Early 2000s. Or I just was like too early. focused on the free lamb chops. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at the, you're at the, 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 at the mansion for the, as a hot tropic girl. Yeah, or just like yeah. a random girl. Just yeah, a yeah. Random, random just a, girl who got oh, just invited. Oh, yeah. just a pretty girl. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> and from there, I got put on the list to go to the pool parties they would have every Sunday. And that was like a smaller, more intimate group. And I would go to those every Sunday and like make friends there. And everybody just seemed so nice, all of his friends. And after a while, that kind of started to feel like a community I was a part of a little bit. And then I got into a place in my life where I had nowhere to live. Like just all this crazy stuff had happened in my life. And I was like, you know what? He has a spot open as one of his girlfriends. So maybe I should move in here. Like it didn't, it sounds crazy, but it didn't feel like that much of a stretch at the time for me. And at that time when you said he has a spot open, Mm -hmm. had you guys already been intimate at least once? No. What had happened is I'd been invited to go out with them a few times. So I always kind of thought in the back of my head, like, oh, maybe if I wanted to be a girlfriend, maybe it could be an option, but it wasn't really anything I thought I would do or ever have the balls to do if I wasn't kind of like desperate for a place to live. So I approached him and I was like, oh, I'd love to go out with you guys maybe this week or something. And he was like, okay, well, I'll have my secretary call you. And it just happened from there. Okay. So then, you know, we kind of know from the show and stuff. 
that you got to bone him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you got to bone him with the other girls. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, then were you just like, well, I guess I'll make the best of this. And then absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Once you've gone that far, it's like, I'm going to stick around for this. Like I put, like I compromise that, you know, how did you meet him? And like, where, where did the years collide where you guys met? Before the show started. Well, you moved in and started coming out with Hef maybe like nine months after I moved in. Yeah. Okay. So it was pretty close. And was what was your story? Were you like just a cute girl at the parties or what well, happened? I had met him way before um, I had tested for a playmate. They brought okay. me out to the mansion and did like the full test and everything. Mm-hmm. So I had spent like three days there and I met him. Um, and then... I didn't get it. I didn't find out for a year and a half that I didn't get it. And I never went back to the mansion in that time because I didn't know I could. And were you living in L.A. that time? No. I was living in Northern California. Okay. Desperately wanting to be in L.A. and wishing I could go to the parties and, like, be a part of all of that kind of thing. And um, and then one day somebody told me, oh, you know, if you tested before, you could go to the parties. And I was like, wait, what? So, like, I missed out a year and a half. I did. I did. And some of the best years of Playboy parties, too, because I tested at the end of 98. So, like, 99 and 2000, like, those are the parties That's, I was missing. You missed me. The prime. <laughs> the prime time. Because then I – so then I – then people know the story, but I got married and I got invited to the New Year's Eve party, mm-hmm. which was 2000. Mm. And it was – we oh. had the seven girlfriends – and so I called to RSVP, and normally I'd bring a girlfriend that then I'd have to send in her photo or whatever. But yes. if I had a girlfriend that was already approved, then she could come with me over time. And I was like, well, now I'd like to um, – I have a different guest this time. It's my husband, and he, but he's really cool. And, fun, and they're like, uh, what? Yeah. And oh, she yeah. was like, yeah, this is a singles party. It just hung up on me, and I was oh never God. invited again. <laughs> no. Oh, my god! And I was like so bummed because, honestly, my husband's the most non-jealous person in the world. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have – Spent New Year's Eve without him, but like I could have gone to the one in April or Halloween yeah. or whatever. He wouldn't have cared with yeah. the girlfriend, mm-hmm. but because I was in the business and it was like yeah. whatever, get mm-hmm. some. So anyway, continue. So you missed me at the parties, and I so so you, so you start coming down. Yeah, I start coming out. Um, the first party I get invited to is uh, Midsummer's of two thousand. Mm. Which was incredible and amazing. And then I just really had the bug. Like, I really want to be here. I really want to be doing this. I finally just, like, took my savings and moved to L.A. And was able, through, you know, the contacts to just be able to come to Fun in the Sun and buffet dinner and movie. And have called one time in March and asked me to if I wanted to go out with him and the girls. And I was like, oh, no. I've heard, like, like stories about what goes on. And no, I'm not. I just oh, really want to be. you said no? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just really want to be a playmate. That's why I'm here, like, doing stuff for the entertainment industry. I had a um, broadcast journalism communications degree. So I was auditioning for things, and I wanted to be a playmate. But being a girlfriend or going out, like, no, that's not what I had in mind here. And he was very gracious and nice about it, and it was, everything was fine. Then a couple months later, I was like, you know what? Like, nothing had moved in my life, really. And I thought, what do I have to lose? Like, this, I could be missing out on some really cool opportunities. I was watching other girls kind of come and go and all the fun they were having going out. And I thought, why am I, like, not letting myself do this? So when you're thinking that, you're like, all right, I'm just going to have to hop on and count to 11 and let this be over. Or like I mean, oh. I don't know. Like, like I don't know I, if it was that you, long. Like, when I finally how do you, go like, out, just gear yourself and be like, "All right, I am going to do this thing, which is not something I'm super excited to be." But like, who really care? Like, how do you justify it in your mind? Of like, you've 
been a, a pretty girl that's probably always had someone age-appropriate boyfriends, and now you're going to go and be with this really older guy. You're going to share him with people, but, like, thank God you're sharing him with people. Like, I'm almost thinking, like, sort where did of, you justify Sort of. That's, I sort of had that in mind, but yeah. I was also thinking that I could get out of this for a little while. Like, the first night, I was like, I'm not ready yet, so I'm, I'm just going to, like, kind of check it out and see what's going on, but okay. I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. That's but, what I thought, too. I never thought I would necessarily have to go the first night or be the first one the first night. Like, yeah, and it's not like I never would have done it with him, but I wasn't ready at that moment. Mm-hmm. But the uh, there's other girls that put pressure on you. Like, she straight up told me, you'll never be invited back if you don't do this tonight. Mm. So then it's like you've put in all this time and all this effort and, and you've had such a great night. Like, it's really fun going out with Hef and stuff. And you think wait, do I want this all to end, like, right now? Plus, you've been drinking. Plus, you're tired. And yeah, you're the wasted. Night, that, everybody, that's step one. <laughs> everybody yeah. else is doing it. So and you are you guys just, just drinking, or are you partaking in some other stuff, too? I was just drinking, but I drank a lot. I was just so nervous that first yeah. night that I was just downing them all night. Yeah. <laughs> what was your drink of choice? Well, this was 2001, so it was mm. vodka cranberry. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Still I was great. Still yeah. a great drink. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that drink. Full yeah. of hidden sugar. Yeah. So I wouldn't oh, drink it now. But yeah. <laughs> you just do the splash now. Yeah. Splash of cranberry, vodka soda. Vodka yeah. water. Yeah. yeah. Vodka club <laughs> soda, yeah. Or whatever, Perrier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, just alcohol as well. Uh-huh. Um, I was offered the Quaalude. But I was like, no, I don't even know. Like, I'd never and done anything like that. Quaaludes were, like, not around. Like, uh, Quaaludes were, to me, I heard about Quaaludes, like, in the 80s and, like, 70s. And you then, hear about like, past tense, yeah. Yeah, like, it wasn't like none of our friends were doing it or, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I was like, that must have been kind of weird. It was definitely weird. Like, I knew what it was, but I have to imagine a lot of girls my age back then probably didn't know what it was. Like, Wolf of Wall Street wasn't even out then. We didn't even have, like, that cultural touchstone to know, like, what a Quaalude does or anything. I had no idea what it was, but I just was like, I've never done anything like that. So I was like, no, um, you know, I mean, I just drank and I smoked a little bit of pot in my past. That's the extent of what I had done. So I wasn't interested in doing that. But I got in trouble from the other girls for declining it. You mean they were just pissed? Yeah, they were like, don't decline it or he'll quit giving it to us. Oh, so, don't cl- decline the quaalude. I thought yeah. you meant the dick. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> well, but I was like, are you no. sure? Everybody what? would have been excited about that. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> no, the quaalude. And so oh. in the future, like I would accept it and just throw it in my purse. And do you think the girls wanted it just because, again, it just made the whole process just less memorable? That's what I'm wondering. Either <laughs> they wanted it to take it or maybe they were like hoarding it and selling it. I have no idea. I like, know I they kept either. wanting to get the Quaaludes, but apparently it was Interesting. A thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? And at some point the Quaaludes just stopped and I don't even know when that was or why that was or anything. I feel like it was around like 2003, 2004. I feel like it's because we didn't have a girl in a gr- in the group who was like a recruiter anymore. So just like a recruiter girls- that would get new girls to come yes. in. Yeah, like a Ghislaine Maxwell type And you person. feel like the recruiting and getting the new people again was like taking the the heat off of you to sexually satisfy him. Yeah, and and she has more value in the group because he knows she recruits girls, girls. So, and when someone recruits somebody, like, how do you sell me on it? Like, like, let's say I'm the cute girl at the party, and F's like, hmm, she's attractive, and he says it to the recruiter. How does the recruiter like then come to me? Like, and we just like role play, like to get me to be like, 
feel me out to see if I'm interested and if I'd be like a good, cool person to hang. Like, what do you say to me? I mean, she was a really fun person with like a fun personality. So she could easily just go up to anybody and be like, oh, hey, you want a drink? Want to hang out? Blah, blah, blah. And then just escalates from there after somebody's been drinking. When you offer somebody to come behind the velvet ropes and drink for free with your bottles, unlimited bottle service and dancing with Oh, at a club, you mean. Yeah, at a club I, okay, or, or at a party. Okay, or at a pay- Playboy party. Yeah, okay. like it's really, it, it's exciting and it's fun and you're behind the velvet ropes and everybody's looking in and you're like one of those people that are there, like VIP and stuff. So I feel like it would be a pretty easy sell. Yeah, And do for you want to sure. come back to the Playboy yeah. mansion with us? Like, I also think when, you, when you're not used to getting attention like that at a nightclub where people are like, oh my God, it's Hef and the girlfriends. Yeah. I'm like, that's like makes the night 10 times more fun than if you were just with your other pretty girlfriends going out to a nightclub. Yeah, you we know, because it's like it. you're a star, you know, and you get that celebrity and everyone's so much nicer to you. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. You know, people want to see you and like, yeah. I don't Nobody think checks we, your ID when you walk in. Yeah, we yeah. talk about this on the podcast too. Like yeah. the seas just part when you walk into the club and everybody's in awe. Right. That here comes Hef and these, this gaggle of girlfriends like all walking single file to this roped off area, sorry, yeah. this roped off area with like, um, you know, five, six security people standing at all around it. And so you go, so you go out that night, you go, I guess I have to take my turn. Yeah. And then once it's over, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, well, I didn't say, oh, I guess I have to take my turn. I was still just going to watch. Okay. And then, um, and then she was like, aren't, aren't you going to, the, that same girl was like, aren't you going to go? It's like, you need to go. And I was like, I would rather not. And she's like, well, then probably won't be invited back. So then I was like, okay. And I'd seen what everybody else was doing. So I knew that this was like a 10 second thing. Okay. I mean, definitely no more than a minute. Oh, Okay. Would you say? I mean, my memory is cloudy. I've kind of blocked it, but yeah, I would say you're it's right. short. <laughs> right. Everybody's very it's, encouraging. It's, it's, it's purely teamwork. It is. It actually is. Yeah. Everyone is very encouraging. Everyone. Everyone's is just like, like we all have to do this together. So yeah. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I love that the trend in clothing now is about like unbothered luxury. Well, that is why you need to check out Quince. It is a game changer. I now have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that a transition from one occasion to the next. I look like a classy lady and I stay on budget. There are 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. Are you kidding me? Also, I love their organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops that look good on everybody. And now they have timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. I love their cashmere. It is so soft and the quality is amazing. The gray one that I've had for years still looks brand new, but I've added different colors to them this season because who doesn't love fabulous cashmere? Also, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash juicy. For free shipping on your order and 365-day returns, that's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash 
juicy to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash juicy. And is there, is it like, I don't want to be the first. I don't want to be the last. Is number three the best? Like where, where is it? If everyone's doing it, is there a time that you'd rather do it or not? I don't think so. I think everybody oh, for me, was there just, was. Oh, what, I, I, what think was your... I felt like everybody was just trying to get it done as quickly as possible, like the whole process. Well, once after that first night, like when I tried not to do it, after that, I wanted to be first because okay. there was no way I wanted going after other people. Right. Because that was the other thing is they said it was it was no condoms. So you all could possibly have spread something yeah, unintentionally. You, you were hoping everyone's in the same situation yeah, and, and there is a doctor on yeah. staff and you're hoping everybody <laughs> is being checked out and everybody's being, uh, I say this in quotes, monogamous to that relationship, you right. know, but you don't know. Right. And if there's new girls coming up, which there often were, like I just wanted to be first and be done and – that I felt like that was the cleanest way yeah. <laughs> to be in and out of it. So then how long were you guys both living in the house together and being part of one of like how many girls were there when this opportunity came up to like hey, we've been approached to possibly do a reality show and how did that all come about? How did they sell it to you? What did you, what was oh, you It wasn't like that at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both lived there for about 7 years total. Okay. And there was a constant turnover of the other women. And Bridget and I had lived there for about three years, I think, before Hef kicked everybody else out and Kendra moved in. And then it became just three of us rather than seven, which was a big relief because there was a lot less drama. Mm. And, and then, did you always get to have your own bedroom? No. I had to share with Hef and I had zero privacy ever. I asked him if I could have another room down the hall and he always said no. But there were constantly like secretaries walking in and out of his room all day. And when like, did you get chosen to be the girl that lives in the room and at that time you were like i guess into it as yeah. far as being like in a the number 1 girl like how did that come about i moved into his room about 6 months after mm-hmm. i moved in but we started talking about it almost immediately after I moved in because I moved in and I was kind of the one girl who liked to stay at home and liked to go to the buffet dinners and liked to watch the old movies and stuff. <laughs> and everybody else who had been Casablanca. there did not yeah. want to be the main girlfriend because right. they know like you have to share a room, you're under the microscope, like you just can't kind of go off and do your own thing as much. So everybody was like, oh, I think you're going to be half new girlfriend. And I had never thought that would be me because I was the youngest in the group. And from what I had seen before, I kind of always assumed the main girlfriend had to be the oldest for whatever reason, just because she had been before. But and I was where did that girl go? It. Like where did that once she left, and mm. then you were being chosen to take her place? Like how much time was in between, and how did that girl feel, and why did she choose to leave at that time? Well, I think the reason she wanted to be there at all was because she wanted a centerfold in the magazine. So oh, when her okay. centerfold came out, she left. Oh, so, so I don't, she I don't got think her, she cared. Like so she, she got wanted her somebody to take her place. Yeah. As like, <laughs> and she wanted that centerfold because at that time it was such great publicity. Mm-hmm. And it was such a great launching pad for acting roles, being that Pam Anderson and that and you guys were after Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. And so like Yeah, we kind of grew up with that. So we yeah. thought being a playmate, you could be like the next Pamela Anderson or Anna Nicole yeah. Smith or, or somebody. like or like an e news reporter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. got it. Okay. So that girl gets her centerfold. It's over. She's like, see ya. Yeah, she bails. Okay. So she was happy somebody else was moving in. Like, right. there wasn't any, like, resistance. She, pa- she passed the baton. Yeah, so totally. to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, so then when that happened, you get in the groove, and from what, like, tell me, like, th- then did you kind of just convince yourself that this was, like, 
a normal thing and it was okay? Or like, when did you, did you only recently realize like how fucked up it was? Well, I mean, I always knew obviously that the situation was so far from normal, but I think that was part of why I was able to make excuses for like his bad behavior in the relationship Mm -hmm. and how he treated me because I was already had the mindset like, well, this isn't going to be ordinary and this is kind of like a different special situation. But I would say I realized how messed up everything was right when I decided to leave, which was like seven years later. It's just because I kind of always blamed all the problems on the other girls like, oh, there's so much drama because we're all not getting along all, you know, and, but Hef's the good guy, poor Hef. That was kind of always my mindset the whole time. But when Bridget and Kendra left and it was just going to be me and him, he just started lashing out at me so much and became really verbally abusive. And I just realized like the girls were not the problem. I mean, some of them were the problem. Some of them weren't so nice, but they weren't the problem the whole time. He was the problem. So then I left and I tried to like file the experience away and just only think about the positive things for a couple years. But after a while, I would just look back on it like anytime I needed to go like look at an old picture for reference or something. And I would just see the fakest smile on my face and just realize like how miserable I was the whole time. And I knew I was miserable when I was there. It's just that I always blamed it on the other girls. Like we used to go out to lunch, you know, so nobody would like eavesdrop on us in the house. Just just the two of you? Yeah, mm-hmm. we would go to lunch and just talk about like, oh my God, this is so miserable. This is so rough. When While you're filming better? and stuff? Well, even before we were filming. Oh, okay. there was but so you, so you had drama. always been friendly. Yeah, you were always for sure. good. We were always close. Oh, okay. But I always thought, you know, if the other girls left, things would be great. That was kind of where my mindset was right. until, like, the last minute, and then I decided to leave. You know what's interesting about it all, which I'm sure you guys reflect, is, like, you know, when you watch documentaries on yeah. cults and polygamy and polygamous cults and how you just, you know. Keep rationalizing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you just kind of think it like that. Or even if you're in, like, a work situation where there's, like, a boss – that kind of um, sets the tone so that the minions or whatever actually start infighting where they go to lunch and they start talking about everybody but the boss who's actually creating this environment. No, it's purposeful because he never wanted all of us to get together and be like, you know what? We don't feel like going out tonight. We just want to stay in. Like, he wouldn't want that. He wanted us competing against each other. So we had to, like, go along with what he wanted because everybody was trying to one-up everybody else. Right. Okay, so now let's get to the place. So you guys are friendly. You're all living there with other people. You go out one night a week or two nights a week how often are you like at a nightclub with a pr situation i'd say two nights a week did it kind of calm no it didn't we didn't stop going out till after the show started filming we were still going out two nights a week yeah Yeah. and because of that like pr situation how did i'm assuming that's where someone got the idea of this is a fabulous reality show like where how did it come about well, A&E originally wanted to do a show because they were doing Growing Up Gaudy at the time. Yes, I remember So they that wanted show. to do Growing Up Hefner about Hef's two kids. The boys. Yeah. And uh-huh. Hef was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not a PTA dad. Maybe they'll want to do something else. So then the idea turned into, let's do a reality show about the staff at the mansion. So they shot a pilot, which was supposed to be about the staff at the mansion. We were in it a little bit, but it was more so, so supposed to be about the staff. A&E decided they didn't want it. They took it oh, to Oh, they didn't e. want to do a whole thing about Mary? No. <laughs> so 
So they took it to Eve. Carry this to the booking secretary. Well, so we'll see about like the butlers and stuff. Yeah, okay. like prepping yeah. for parties. It was kind of like upstairs, downstairs. Like oh. here's Hef and his girlfriends and all these party guests and celebrities. Like a Downton Abbey, but for the... Kind of, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. here's the staff trying to like... Appease cater it Cater to all yeah. their needs. Got it. Okay. So they took it to Eve. Eve wanted it, but... An executive at E said, I want it to be about the girls, though. I want it to be through their eyes. Right, which yeah. is totally a smarter angle to go. Yeah. <laughs> so then how it is, how is it presented that, like, we choose you? or Because at th- that time now, it mm-hmm. is just the three of you living yeah, there? Yeah, the three of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there was no, like, casting choices. No, you were was, the three. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression that there was, like, more like five or six. And they found you guys. They chose the three of you because you did have the best personalities. To be the official girlfriends featured in the show. No, it was already no. narrowed down to three, so that's just what it oh, was. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So um, how did they approach you, and were you nervous, or was this like a dream come true, or what was your thoughts? Well, we were not approached. No. We were just told. It was very we much, we like, it. the way we were treated was kind of like the way a YouTube family will just throw their kids on the YouTube. Like, yes. you're here, you're doing this, this is what you're doing. Like, Hef even, like, walked by me in the hall one morning and was like, I've decided what your characters are going to be. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, we were just told you're doing this. So unless we want to, like, move out and, like, start Change our life. Change your life. Yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, exactly. You well, have to and, go along with it. And they basically told us that if you don't like it, you know where the door is. Because there's lots of people that would want your position. They didn't pay us for the first season. Yeah, we weren't paid. Like, they paid us. When they ordered more episodes, they finally paid us. But they Very didn't little. pay us. And what like, were they paying you for the second season? Do I you don't recall? remember. It was minimal. But like, it's not like I think I'm this big star with huge bargaining power back then. But I just wanted what was fair. Like, yeah. you know, it was just like a couple thousand bucks an episode or something. Yeah. I don't even but think they're the that. that yeah. yeah, just the fact that they didn't want to pay us anything and just expected us to do it as the main character. So you just signed a release. Yeah, just a release. No contracts. Okay, so... And you're like, now they're coming in. They got mm-hmm. the mics on you. And that's when we get to see. So at that time, it is on the show that you share the room uh-huh. with half and you're mm-hmm. the main. And you, I just kind of remember like you having your room and you yeah. had like a little dog. Later a, on. A lot of pink. Yeah. Okay. And then, which also too is like such like a thing that like. Such a 2000s reality TV trope. No, but, the but, no, but like on the dark <laughs> side, like a captive thing, like girls that are like held captive. It's like. All they want is, like, a little dog. Oh, Oh. I had four. You know what I mean? Like, all they want is just, like, their little, like, personal friend. Yeah. Because it's, like, so so you have your room, and then Kendra has her room. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... Now, and was your now what was your like situation with your parents? Were they like excited about this? Were they okay that you were like living this unconventional half life in the they, hopes that you'd be like uh, a pathway to a bigger entertainment career? Like, what were their thoughts? Yeah, they were fine with me being at the mansion, but I didn't tell them any details of what was going on. I just don't have that relationship with my parents where I would ever talk about anything like intimate or anything like that. So before the show came out, they just thought you were at the mansion as an aspiring model. Well, as Hef's girlfriend, but I think oh, a they lot knew of that people, you were romantic yeah, with him. Well, intimate, a lot of people back then thought it was all publicity. That it was mm-hmm. fake. Like, it was kind of like, I would say the public, they were kind of split. Like, no yes. way they're all living there and not yeah. having sex. But also, no way, he's 75. This is all fake. Because it totally was true. a yes. big part of his publicity. I think it's, t- I, I, and I think there's a lot of stuff throughout Hollywood where you're like, even like, Pete and Kim, great publicity stunt. I'm like, no, and they were definitely fucking. Mm-hmm. But like, did it? Was that 
did that contribute to them staying together? Did that was that a nice yeah. aspect of it? Probably. But like, yeah, I think you're right with that. I remember people always that was like a discussion we'd all have. The time. Yeah. All the time. Any press I would do, they would ask, Are you sleeping with them? And I, if I said yes, they'd be like, There's no way he's sleeping with all you young girls. And then if I said no, they're like, There's no way he's letting you girls stay there and you're not sleeping with them. And I'm like, Yeah, so it doesn't why do <laughs> yes. I even bother answering That's this question? That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, so so you tell what was your situation with your parents? My parents um, were excited for me. They thought Playboy was so cool, and they thought Hef was such a gentleman. They came up and visited quite a bit. Like they were very excited about so it. So neither of your parents had like any problem with the fact that you were like nude models. No, you have to understand. Like I think both of our parents come from the generation where like Playboy was like the classiest right. magazine. Mm-hmm. Like they remember growing up, they remember hearing about the Playboy clubs were like this chic yes. place to be. So they thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. And I, we, I don't think we come from like super religious families where they're like nudity. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, like when you come from a small town, but not like a huge deal. Yeah. But with the, on the secrets of Playboy, which I thought was interesting is that like, then the fact, like just how you guys signed that release for the show, mm-hmm. that, I thought that was so awful that these girls did photo shoots and things with 1,200 photos. And then, like, years later, those photos were being used and people were profiting off of them and they weren't. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that would happen. And as an actress and stuff, because, you know, people don't understand how hard it was, like, for us, you know, like, to to get an agent and to do Mm -hmm. all this. And you're like, yeah, if, if I say no, if I then I'm deemed difficult and, like, Better that I just say, okay, yeah, you know, and, like, at least I have a chance. If mm-hmm. I act like no, it's like, so, of course, and what's, like, a young 21-year-old going to know about contracts and, exactly. uh, you know, do you, have, do you own the in- intellectual property and all yeah. this kind of stuff? <laughs> so, yeah, that's crazy. So when the show, so then when the show started, when it first aired, was it, how immediate was it that you guys um, started to, like notice how popular it was and that it was like kind of life changing. Well, we knew it was popular because they would tell us that the ratings were so great. Like every morning after an episode would air, you know, there would be like these mailboxes downstairs and they'd put a slip of paper in Hef's mailbox and it would say what the ratings were. So they always checked on that. So I knew it was a hit and I knew what like E's standard of a good rating was. But we didn't ever feel, I think, like extra famous or anything while mm-hmm. we were there because we always lived in this bubble where we were so much in Hef's shadow that nothing really changed. Like, yeah, when we went out, a few people, like, knew our names and stuff, but we just still kind of felt like we were in health shadow. It just wasn't really that big of a change for us, I think. I think the worst part was all of a sudden you're being talked shit about online. And this was back in, like, the early days of, like, message boards and stuff. I didn't know everybody in the public eye got talked shit about. I thought it was just us. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, everybody hates us. This is the worst. It was, like, The e-message boards were rough. The e-message boards were disgusting. What would they say that was so mean? Just, I mean, probably nothing that would be considered novel now, but just, like, gross stuff. Like, oh, my God, these whores. And they're so disgusting. And just, you know, I mean, just everything you could think of that they would say they said. And so now during that time, are all three of you still having regular sex with him? It stopped at some point because the thing with him was the thing that kind of drove him before was he was high off of all like the attention of going out with like the 
seven girlfriends and constantly trying to get new people upstairs. But then when the show came along, he loved the show, obsessed with the show. It was such a big ego boost for him that he didn't really care about going out or trying to get new people to sleep with him anymore. So he, everything really just calmed down. Yeah, he was just kind of set with the way things were. So things changed a lot across the board. So you weren't bringing anyone new, but no. did the three of you still have to bone him regularly? No, no. it stopped, it stopped after a while. So did you have to bone him, Holly, regularly? No, that stopped after a while because I started working at the Playboy studio, too. Right. And I had to be up at, like, at the studio at 8, leave the house at 7. Because you'd work in helping uh, build the magazine. Yeah. yeah. So I would go to bed even before he would go to sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah. There were a couple of times he would say, like, oh, maybe we should all – and Kendra and I would look at each other and be like, no, we got – we're busy. Oh, we got to be up early. We're good. He would say, well, maybe, it's, maybe we all go out again or whatever. Well, or- like, he would say, like, maybe we should have a picnic in the bedroom or something <laughs> like that. Watch a movie together or something. And Kendra and I would be like, oh, yeah, I've got that interview early in the morning. <laughs> no, yeah. not tonight. <laughs> and so did you ever, like, the two of you go out? And be like, isn't this great that we don't have to fuck him anymore? This is wonderful. I'm I, loving that we like get to be on TV and like just kind of have a, a more independent life. Or I don't remember having that conversation. <laughs> no, but, I don't but remember we just ever. Knew, but it's something that we wouldn't have even. I'll had have to, a Chinese chicken salad. Ed, isn't this great? <laughs> yeah. And we don't have to bone up anymore. Well, we were just like, isn't it great? We don't have to deal with the drama with all yeah. those other girls. Yeah, anymore. Oh, okay. that was more the thing that was like on my mind and like mm-hmm. the big deal. And we were just so grateful that it was just the three of us and that we got along pretty well. Uh-huh. We had the opportunities that the show brought us. And just the – we had wanted to be in the magazine for so long, and we got to be in the magazine like four times after the show started. So we loved those opportunities. So just kind of everything about life there kind of improved after the show came along. Yeah. And then during those years, the magazines, which people still bought magazines mm-hmm. back then. They certainly don't now. Um Th- those issues were doing probably great because yeah. you guys had the show mm-hmm. pushing it. And, yeah. Um, okay, so – it goes on for all. So, like, you go, you were like sleeping in that big brown headboard room. Yeah. <laughs> was it a water bed? I always imagined. No, it, was. it looks okay. like it, though, it doesn't does. it? Because it, it looks, looks like, like, like it. that yeah. leather would yeah. go around the yeah. water bed. But it's not. Okay. And so you're in there every night still sleeping. Mm-hmm. At, at, at some point, you never go, you know what? I bet you'd sleep better if I wasn't in there. Like, you're, you never thought to try to get out of it because you're no longer boning. Like, it goes right. years without boning him. Mm hmm. And he still insists that you, like, sleep next to him like a wife. Yeah, well, uh, the last time I think I asked for a room was maybe, like, before the show started, after all those girls moved out. I'm like, hey, there's extra rooms. Like, maybe I could take the smallest one down the hall just cause, to have more room for my stuff or, like, have, a, like, a moment of privacy. And he said no. And I was kind of conditioned not to ask for things because he would get really angry, snap at me, just put me in tears sometimes when we'd have some discussions. So I wasn't really asking for a lot. When I lived there. And we mentioned the two boys. Mm-hmm. So how old were they then? His two sons with, um, what was that wife's name? Kimberly. Kimberly. And wasn't it that Kimberly and the boys were like living in a house next door? Yes. Okay. And so how often would like those boys come around and did you have any relationship with them? No, I wouldn't say we had any relationship with them. They were probably like 10 or 11 when we moved in. Yeah, I was going to say like 9 and 11, something in there. And he used to have family night on Tuesdays where like the kids and Kimberly would come over and they'd like watch a movie. And oh. we, we just, like, steered clear, and we well, didn't really— and sometimes the boys would come over and run around the property, and, like, they they were, like, into kind of trying to film little movies and writing little newspaper-type things. Like, I didn't see them around a lot. Not all the time, but yeah. they were here and there. And did you have any relation with Kimberly? 
No, I thought she was so intimidating. I thought she was so scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever ta- like did you ever talk to her since? Like have like a gab session after he died or after the sh- you were broken up with him or anything? I think it's pretty safe to say we wouldn't get along. She led this whole thing after the A&E documentary came out. She got all these people together to, like, sign a petition to say that, like, Hef's a great guy. So I don't think we'd get along. But <laughs> oh, okay. We, I only talked to her, like, once the whole time I lived there. It was very early on after I moved in. I was working out in the gym, and she was down in the gym, and she just said, Hi, I'm Kimberly, and that was it. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. These days, you can't go anywhere on the internet without running into the most horrible takes. You know, your good old-fashioned homophobes or your self-proclaimed alpha males who are writing two-page articles titled How to Score the Perfect Female in 10 Days. If you are just as sick of these outdated takes as we are, you will love our podcast, Outspoken, hosted by me, Sam Collins, and my incredible partner, Shannon. We are an LGBT couple who have seen it all, been called it all, and are ready to take on the never-ending world of outrageous online opinions. Each week, we bring you the most ridiculous videos, hot takes, and hellbent news we come across on the internet. So come laugh with us as we dismantle outdated ideologies and tear apart the most confident idiots on the internet on our podcast, Outspoken. You can follow and listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you are listening right now. And do you think, um, why do you think... Like, first of all, why do you think they got married? And then why do you think they got divorced? Well, I think he was going through a lot in his life. He just had a stroke. It was the 80s, like the AIDS crisis. Nobody's like having casual sex anymore. He's already old. There's no Viagra. It probably only made sense for him. (laughs) No, there's all these reasons. Like, I'm not even making excuses. Like, there's all these reasons. Because he would always tell me that he'd been so miserable being married. I'm like, well, why'd you get married then? And there were just all these. mean, to the first wife, who's, who's the mother of like the the girl right no the first wife was back in like the 50s right yeah and then his second wife he got married in the 80 like 89 right but yeah. the, he has one daughter from the first wife right a daughter and a son yeah okay so mm-hmm. then then he had all those years and then he marries kimberly mm-hmm. in 89 yeah and they have the two boys mm-hmm. and then why do you think they divorced was he just still wanting to 
Was that when Viagra came out and then she didn't want to be with a Coincidentally, cheater? Coincidentally, it was when Viagra came out. But I don't think that's why I think – I mean, I don't really know. You'd have to yeah, ask her. But I right. think Kimberly just wanted to, like, travel more and do more things. And eventually there was a – from his side of the story is there was a New Year's Eve party and she left and took the kids to Hawaii, which I kind of find it hard to believe somebody would, like, do that last minute and not just ditch somebody at a New Year's Eve party. So I don't know what her side of the story was. But his side of the story was that he was, like, ditched at a New Year's Eve party. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. And, um, okay, so then, so the show goes on, and then where, how does it come to an end? And so, like, for the three of you, I know it went on for, like, one more season with yeah. the, those two other girls. Mm-hmm. But, like, you guys were on it for, it went for, with you guys on it for how many years? You and, Five seasons. Okay, yeah. and then how did it and then did you all three leave at the same time, the kind show? Of. It ended up kind of being like that. Kendra kind of stopped participating around season four. Like, if you okay. watch season four, she's all of a sudden not really in it as much. Oh, okay. And wanted to go do her own thing. Sorry. And yeah. wanted to go do her own thing. And um, E decided to do a spinoff with her. And then Bridget got a job doing a show for Travel Channel. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So you were going to leave and do that. But I kind of always felt like you would go do that. And you know when you're filming a reality yeah. show, you're really only filming like six months a year max. I kind of felt like you I don't know what your plan was but I kind of felt like you would go do that and then come back and do Girls Next Door I was thinking that too I kind of had one foot out the door like I was wanting to date and stuff so I was sort of thinking about moving out but I still thought there was time and I would go film the beaches come back film Girls Next Door yeah leave go do beaches yeah and for me, you know, I had planned on staying. I loved my job at the studio and everything. And they had planned on Girls Next Door just continuing and being more inclusive of, like, the playmates and the girls at the studio. And it would be kind of more about that. But More like about the business. Yeah. Yeah. But I decided to leave because after Bridget and Kendra left, things just got – I mean, there were other things, too. Like, I was getting a little bit older and I wanted to have kids. And Bridget and Kendra left and Hef just got so hard to deal with that I just – I couldn't do it. I just left suddenly. And the producers of the show, <clears throat> sorry, and the producer of the show was so mad at me because he had planned on the show to keep going. And so he was really angry I left, but I had to do so it. So that storyline that we would see that was like, Holly is like, when am I getting my ring? Why aren't I getting married? What was that not true? Was that not something you ever really wanted? Or was it something like, I put in my years and I do want to get married. I do want to be Miss Mrs. Hefner. No, I did want it. But I will say that I played into it on the show more and they love to repeat things. So right. I swear I'm not that obnoxious in real life. Like, I'm yeah. not like, when are we getting married? <laughs> but I thought it was kind of funny on the show to joke about it. Like, if I was throwing a baby shower and I had a baby outfit, I was like, oh, this is cute. I wish I could have one. Like, I yeah. said that kind of stuff thinking it would be funny on the show. And it was. Right. And it kept up with the drama, so too. So it's true, like, but I'm not that annoying. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. So so, um, so when did you like uh, – okay, so you're doing the travel show. So And then the show ended as the three girls. Like, how did that happen? Because you, you did say, I want to move out. I am done with you. Yeah. I said, I'm done. I'm moving out. And we and what was been... that day that you finally were like – I, this is it. I know what day it was. Well, I don't actually know, know the day. Yeah, day, but you know but what I mean? Like, what was the moment, that, that like, aha moment, this is it, I've thought about it for a long time, and this is it, and this is why, and I'm not turning back. Like, what was that? It was a lot of things leading up to it, like I said, with the relationship. And, like, we'd done in vitro, and, like, that. Oh, you did, had? Yeah. This was the with, real deal. With half sperm? Yes. 
and it didn't work and it was because yeah was of that on the show yeah it wasn't it on the wasn't. show because we wanted to keep it secret because you know when you're trying to get pregnant you don't want to like necessarily right, right. I mean some people do. but I mean I feel like that now is the storyline for every reality show is someone freezing their eggs or going through in vitro but if you watch the show there's reference to it like in season four I'm leaving to go to Jamaica and I go you know saying, oh, if we got married, I wouldn't go on so many trips. Not that I'm even going on so many trips. I was going yeah. one trip for my sister's wedding in like seven years of living there. But And then he goes, well, let's work on the baby first. And that was while we were doing in vitro. So he makes comments, but like we hadn't come out and like said anything. And not so, only that, but I, I did the egg retrieval while we were doing it. And I wanted it to be on the show because I thought it was really important, especially back then. Yeah. People weren't really talking about it yet. Right. And they refused to show it because it showed me thinking of a life that wasn't revolving around the mansion. Got it. Yeah, they wouldn't even show that I was in real estate school because they wanted it to look like I had no outside aspirations besides Hef. Yeah, we were supposed to look like we were never going to leave there, that this was our life and forever. Yeah. yeah. So with um, so did you actually do an in vitro, like the, the embryo went in you? No, because his sperm didn't work. That's so what didn't I was going to ask. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So... Um, was it shocking when you heard in the secrets of Playboy that the one twin, so then the twins came after you, the twins came after that you're featured in the secrets of Playboy. And one of the twins says she got pregnant by having the regular sex with Hef and, and, you know, went forward with an abortion. What is your thoughts? Like, did that surprise you then? Well, I'm never going to say I don't believe anybody's story because I wasn't there and anything right. can happen, but it's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I considering mean, it's, right? I know. <laughs> it's a surprising for any man that age. Yeah. Like, for any man that age. And then after he's already done, tried to do the in vitro stuff right. and it was unsuccessful. But yes. anything can happen. But yeah, you yes. just never yeah. know. Like, yeah, I don't I, like it when people come for my story and say, well, yeah. I was there in the 70s and it wasn't like that. I'm like, you don't know. You weren't there when I was there, you know? <laughs> yeah. I always say whenever somebody says that, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there were a million waiters and best boys that said O.J. Simpson was the nicest guy in the world. There probably still are. Exactly. <laughs> because someone's experience doesn't mean that their experience wasn't their experience. But just because you had a great experience with someone doesn't yeah. mean that that person's story is not true. Right? Yeah. And maybe, you know, and, and also with a situation like that, <laughs> A guy like Hef or a guy, you know, they know who to pursue and who to just be like, hey, hope you had a good time at the party. Bye bye. Like, you know, who's the vulnerable one? Who's the one that can be manipulated? Especially a guy that's been doing it for 80 fucking years. (laughs) Like, they're really good at it at that point. Yeah. Choosing who's going to be accommodating and who's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you never saw anybody in the group when we were there that ever had, like, any, like, wealth or career or really anything like that. It was always girls who are hard up. That didn't have anything to fall back yeah. on. Right. That Yeah, that are, are going to put up with it because what would they do? Yeah. You know? Um, so in, in doing this, were you able to stop, like, sock some money away? Because you said now they're paying you mm-hmm. a little bit. And um, I know when Kendra was here, she was like, she was able to make a little bit of money doing like appearances and stuff and that she was kind of trying to say, but then they would try to take that, like they would, they didn't like that, that you could like go make a, do a club appearance for five grand or whatever. 
So did you guys find that to be the case as well? Well, I definitely did save a ton of money. And I started investing in real estate. Uh-huh. Like, I went to school for real estate investment. So I was always watching my back and trying to, like, build a future for myself because, you know, you you always kind of felt, too, at the mansion, like, the rug could be pulled out from you at any moment. Or so he could die at any moment, you know? So I Right, was, and if he died, it's not like you were, like, yeah, you're in a will. Yeah, no. yeah, you weren't a wife. You didn't have a kid with him. So, yeah, yeah you'd just be screwed. Like, they'd probably be, mm-hmm. like, knocking on your door the next day for sure pack up your little dog and like yeah (laughs) yeah so so you come back and you guys are all like okay you've got your travel show you've got stuff cooking you're like, okay. And when you tell him, so what was the day? Go oh, back the, to day. the day. Okay, the day. so it was all this stuff leading up to it. So I was kind of ready to go anyway. But I was in Vegas working on a Playmate shoe and I went out to eat with somebody whose name I'd rather not mention. Uh-huh. But when I was talking to this guy who I thought was cute and realized, oh, I could have feelings for this guy. Like nothing happened, but I realized I could have feelings for this guy. And then Hef called the next morning and was like, I had security following you the whole time. You need to get back here, you know. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I can't. Like, it's done today. So you go to like a lunch. You have like a little flirty lunch, but nothing happens. And you find out later you had no idea that you were being followed and like no, under surveillance. Absolutely not. That is so creepy. Yeah, it's so creepy. And so how old are you at that point? I was 29. And um so when you so then you're like so then you so how do you tell him I'm done? Well, the next day I told him, you know, I think I'm moving out, you know, I you know, I want to get married and have kids someday. Like, that's an easy excuse to give. It's true. And it's something he can't do, like, physically. Um, and he didn't want to let it go. He kept trying to convince me to stay. He even did put me in his will, left the will on my side of the bed so I could see it. And what what did it say? What that you- I'd get $3 million when he died. But, you know, my mind was made up. And yeah. I packed up my stuff and I left. And, um, okay, so then, this sh- so then you... Go um, yeah. And one of the things from the show, as I remembered, is that you guys did have. I want to say maybe it was one episode, but I feel like there were several episodes where you guys did go to Vegas as a foursome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on the Playboy and go to the Playboy Suite and everything at the Palms. And but we had to fly right back and be home by nine o'clock. Even if, even if he was with you or not, if he was. Oh, not if he was with us. Oh yeah, yeah, he would go. Sometimes. And I remember that was the first time I, the nine o'clock thing, and I just thought that that was so weird. And then like Kendra said, you know. Because there was the 9 o'clock curfew, she still kind of dated, but she'd have to, like, do it in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like, you could go off and do lunch and stuff. You yeah. could do whatever you wanted during the day, but you had to be home by 9 o'clock. And Kendra was hardly ever around during the day. <laughs> <laughs> but do you – and obviously security wasn't following you guys then. Otherwise, you would have I mean, known. they could have been. But, yeah, he would have known. They might have yeah. been. I yeah. always felt like Hef kind of knew Kendra wasn't going to stick around that long, though. So maybe he did know. I think he did know. I'm pretty sure he of did know. some security he did have with her on some trips. I think he knew, but just was like, whatever, it's working for the show. So you get your variety show um, at the play, uh, Planet, Planet Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. and they also say, we'll follow you that, follow the cameras. You have a reality show part of it, right? They were filming it. So I wanted to do a spinoff about my life in Vegas, and I was just shopping it around with a manager. But then when E expressed interest... Because of the contracts we had to sign before season five of Girls Next Door, I had to do it with the same production company that did Girls Next Door. That was locked in, according to the contract. So I think 
Kevin, the producer, was excited about doing my show once it started, but he hated me in between Girls Next Door and that show. Like, he used to write open letters to the message board, like, just making me sound like a horrible person. From him? Yes, he signed it. Like, I could go online and find it. Stacy put it on her blog. And what was he basically saying? He was saying that I had been over Hef for years and that I was dating this other guy behind his back the whole time, which wasn't true, and that I was mad because I didn't get my own spinoff, which nobody was ever talking about. He was just trying to make it, me sound like the villain, like I ruined the show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So when it ended for you, then you were doing the travel thing. And how often were you guys all talking? And at this point, was Kendra not really close to you guys anymore? Or were you were like, did you go to her wedding? Yeah, you know we what? Were... I When we were leaving, I loved Kendra. I mm-hmm. thought that, like, we had had, like, kind of our sibling rivalry while we were right. there. But I felt like after she was with Hank, she just seemed like... So, so much more mature and so happy. And I feel like we were all three just so happy for each other and the direction our lives yeah. were going. Like, we all got together to do commentary for seasons four and five of Girls Next Door after we moved out. And you can even hear in the commentary, like, we're just getting along. We're all happy for each other. Yeah. So that was then. And so we then- were in the wedding. We, we were. You were in the wedding. We were in the wedding. Mm-hmm. We stayed in contact. I threw her baby shower. Like, and so do you th- what happened then was it that when you wrote your book down the rabbit hole and you became pretty frank about things is mm-hmm. that when she kind of was like I disagree and and cooled on hanging out? No, it was before then because I was doing my spin-off, she was doing her spin-off. We okay. have Kevin the producer doing both. But was her spin-off was was on E2 or was oh, yeah, was, it, oh, it was on okay. E. Yeah. Okay. So he's doing the spin-offs and then and I write, I go into more detail about it on my book, but things got weird with me and Kendra, and I felt like he was encouraging that. Like, he wanted us fighting. He wanted drama. He wanted me to come on her show and, like, brag about how much money I was making in Vegas so she'd get a little poke in the ass to do take more jobs to make her show more interesting. I don't know. That's what he told me. And things got weird between us, and it got to the point eventually where I had a falling out with that producer. I was on the phone screaming with him, and he admitted to me that he wanted us to not get along because he thought it would be good publicity. Right. And I'm like, I don't want any part of that bullshit. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm pregnant. I don't want to be stressed out. I don't want to be fighting with people and looking like shit in tabloids for publicity that benefits your dumb show. Like, bye. Yeah. And... And so, so by the time I wrote this, I was mad. I was mad at him. I was mad at Kendra. Okay. Okay. So then um, – and then the the, the next book came out, mm-hmm. The Vegas Di- Diaries. And in this, where are you in your life talking about what's going on here at this point? Oh, I was talking about my life in Vegas and just lessons I learned dating. But, like, I don't drop names or anything like that. Yeah. And at this point, you're married when you write the second book. I was married when I wrote the first one. And my husband was always super supportive of me telling the truth about my experience. So then when did you guys – now, what's your situation? Did you – are you single? What's happening, Bridget? Um, No, I met somebody almost right away. Like, I actually met him at the mansion, and we've been dating ever since. We've been together for 14 years. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're like a Goldie Hawn and – (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like do you think you'll ever get married or that why get yeah, married or, yeah like, no we're yeah we're going to we've been engaged um there's like a lot of reasons why we haven't done okay. it yet, but um yeah we plan to for sure but you don't have kids no and so and you guys live here in LA mm-hmm. okay perfect what did you what did you think of the secrets of playboy because you were not a part of it right or I did do one day of interviewing okay they put almost nothing that I 
that I said in there. My experience and looking back on my experiences with Hef and the mansion are pretty positive. I would mm-hmm. say 98% of it is positive. There were a few stories that I had of things that I didn't think were quite right or whatever, and those are the only stories that they used. And they used them to pretty much like kind of back up what I was saying. Back up Holly's yeah. stories. And so which I was, was what? what barely basically in it. what? I didn't watch it, so I didn't see which ones they chose. I didn't even watch my episode. I've watched they did 12 episodes. I watched all of them except episode 2 just cuz I don't want to watch myself talk about my trauma again. I can't take it. But every other episode I watched, I and it came out over the course of 12 weeks. I had nightmares after I watched them. Yeah. It's intense. I, you know what? I feel like I did too. And yes. I, it's not like I was ever there. Because it being that it was once a week and it's like it drags you can't on the binge it. yeah. It's interesting, like, because there's all these like documentaries. And I was joking the other day, um, with on my show. I'm like, isn't it weird that we grew up like never watching a documentary and now that's all anybody talks about <laughs> yeah. or watches? And so it's like when you watch like a documentary that's like a three part or four part and you watch it all in one night and it's disturbing, you're like, Woo, you like you have one bad and then you forget it. But this was like every week. And then they even are like adding stuff. Yeah, now we yeah. have another one because yeah. people came forward yeah. and like and it was just like Dramatic. It was really it dramatic. Was. Even for people that like have nothing yeah, to do with right. it. I didn't watch it, but I still got messages about it and people I knew were watching it and telling me things. Yeah. And then there'd be like little snippets on like news outlets, and I'd just be like, oh, I don't want to know this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so what about when what did you think when he married his last wife, Crystal? I mean, there's so many things to think. There was the whole runaway bride debacle. Right. So what happened? She, they were engaged, but then she bailed. Bailed. And then they got married. Like the, wasn't after. it like the night before the wedding or something? Or like something two days before the wedding like or something? Yeah. Like right before. And it was a lifetime special. So bailed on the whole TV show and everything. Oh, it was going to be. I thought you were just like, it's like a lifetime movie. No. like No, it, it was really was going to be a filmed <laughs> lifetime special. Yeah. And she really just left the yes. day before. And then, and I'm, this is like vaguely coming back to me. And then what happened? Then how so- later did she come back then? I think maybe a year or two. I'm not really sure on the timeline. Oh, I thought it was quicker than that, but I, I don't remember either. And then, so she was with him all the way till the end, till he, he passed. Mm-hmm. And, and then she did a, a tweet that went quite public because she tweeted to you yeah. about the fact that it got revealed in the, in the Secrets of Playboy that... There were all like there were video cameras in the room, and so there were all this I don't footage. Think there, I, yeah. I hope there weren't not, video cameras. Maybe in the not video. Was it photo, photos? Sorry, yeah. there, were photos. Mm-hmm. there were photos of all you guys. And then she said, "I did find all the photos, and I threw them out." Yeah, thank God. And <laughs> and that was also kind of nice because she did, otherwise yeah. she didn't participate in this. Yeah, and um, which I can understand why, like. Well, it's scary. Like, I didn't even want to do it. Like, I admire the director's work, and we'd had some amazing, really long conversations about it. But for the longest time, I didn't want to do it because I'm like, I already wrote my book. I said what I need to say. Sitting down and doing, like, a day – I mean, I did two interviews with them, and one of them lasted all day. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to sit and talk about my trauma again. Like, I did not want to do it. Eventually, I finally decided to do it just because I knew so many other women were coming forward, and I know what it feels like to come forward and not have anybody have your back. So I wanted to be supportive of that. But but even after that, I was scared because I'm like, how are they going to edit me? Are they going to make me sound like I said something I didn't say? So it, yeah. it was it was scary. Like, I had very mixed feelings going into it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think she's 
like living a great life now and well, I mean, she seems happy. She's with some cute young guy. Yeah. I went on Instagram. I'm like, wow, that's a switch. Let's talk about um, the girls next level and like what you've recorded and what you've like. Where, just talk about it, like what you think, because I think it is such a mm-hmm. cool reflection, really. Well, it started out with Holly doing YouTube videos. Yeah, I had people request on my YouTube channel, like react to an episode of Girls Next Door. So I did a couple. The first three were hard to watch. And you know now, going back and watching them, it's really emotional. Like, I feel like we were done so dirty in those first couple of episodes. So How is it, tell me, Bridget, like, how is it when you look at it? Like, what? Because you just went, like, you just, like, had a because visceral Holly reaction. Because Holly warned me that the first three episodes were really hard to watch. And when she said that, I thought she just meant, like, kind of just getting used to watching them again. And once you get past, like, three episodes, you're good. I didn't realize until I just watched them, not... I just watched uh, them, not last night, but the night before, and I'm still traumatized. Like, I'm sick to my stomach. Why? I can't what, sleep. What I've make, been crying. <laughs> really? What yes. makes you sick to your stomach? The way we were portrayed. And I just... And I, how were you portrayed that wasn't real for you? For me? Or like, for how all, it, both how of is us? It, how do you feel that you were portrayed... And it's upsetting you because that wasn't your authentic self. If you want, I could jump in with one thing yes, with the in that episode if it's easier. Yeah. I think it's messed yeah. up. They make it look like Bridget is, like, plying all the new Playmates with drinks to, like, mess them up for their shoot the next day because she's jealous. Which isn't what she said at all, but they cut and paste it. So it looks like she's literally trying to, like, shove shots in everybody's face because she wants to sabotage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's messed up and borderline and illegal. And what I was talking about in <laughs> yeah, and just and yeah, if it's not true, that's just shitty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they it's absolutely not true. And yeah. I don't plan the going out schedule or how much girls drink or what, yeah. you know, like I can't I have no control over that stuff. Um but the but it, what it boils down to is that I had wanted playmate so bad, like way long before I'd even been to the mansion. I tested before I even lived at the mansion, and I was talking about my insecurities with that and how jealous that I was when I see all these girls coming and going and getting it and making playmate of the year and all this stuff, and it's really really hard to watch. And so I can't help but be critical sometimes of them, like oh she kind of has a bad boob job or maybe her hair you know yeah. needs to be different whatever. And they just took that and made it look like I was ridiculing. Everybody that came, that I was just this jealous bitch, that I was getting people drunk and sabotaging their pictorials, and and even little things, too. There was tiny things that at first, when I was first watching it, I was like, oh, they're just trying to be funny in the edit, but... Like, I would joke with somebody. A girl came in wearing a similar dress to me, and I was like, oh, she's like, oh, I hope you don't mind. And I say, um, no, I totally mind. Take it off. And then I laugh, and we're just joking because we're really great friends. But they take out the laugh and that I'm just joking, and it, and it shows me saying, no, I want you to take it off. And just leaving it at that. And just like, and there were, and I, at first I thought, it's just a reality show, so I'm not going to like, you know what I right. mean? Like, they do stuff like that. But then when you start seeing it consistently to her and I, and only us. They and only never us. did that to yeah. Kendra. Ever. So we are immediately, immediately well, in episode one being made out to be the bitches. Right. That is true. And, and maybe that was the half character thing. When he said, I have your characters planned, do you recall what he wanted your characters to be? I don't think that part came from him. I think that yeah. came from the executive producer. And that's confusing, too, because we went on to feel like we had a close friendship with Kevin. And now as we get older and look back and see what he did, it's really, it's a bad feeling. But um, 
Hef wanted me to be completely devoted to him. He was like, you're the one who cares about me. Bridget's the one who wants a career. And Kendra's the one who wants to have fun. Like, that was his idea of what our characters right. were. But I think it was more the producer who wanted the drama and wanted us to look mean and, you know, didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. So, Holly, I haven't watched all the episodes. She has because she's been doing the YouTube videos. But I've only watched up to episode three right now. And I am traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> no, when I did those first reaction videos, I was telling the viewers, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to continue these because they're not great for my mental health. Like, I just come off watching, like, The Secrets of Playboy, and then I'm watching this, and I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth for this. That's what I told Holly. I said, I'm, I don't know if I can keep watching these. I'm, I'm literally sick over this. Yeah. And she was like, no, it gets better, I swear. And I was like, I think I need to go to bed. And so I, like, went to bed early. I thought, maybe if I just sleep on it in the morning, I'll feel better about it. I woke up the next morning. I was yesterday sick to my stomach do you have dreams has he like do you i couldn't do you, sleep do you have dreams though like are you a dreamer that has like vivid dreams i never remember i rarely remember my dreams oh. very rarely so do maybe you have vivid dreams i do and i always i had a nightmare i was back at the mansion every single night <laughs> oh, after no. secrets of playboy because <sighs> sometimes when i'm like either read something or something's on my mind i'll like i have i vivid very vivid dreams where i can remember the next day and i'm like Oh my God, like, bitch, get out of my dream. Like, why did you come back? Like, what the fuck? Like, I haven't thought about you in like three years. Like, what the hell? (laughs) But something will happen and that person's there and it's like very strange how that works. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. And she's like, I swear it gets better. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping it gets better from here. But it'll probably be a good, like, therapeutic and in the end kind of fun hopefully oh no I think it will especially us being able to talk together and being able to be so candid on a podcast like you can't say anything really on YouTube without getting flagged so that's what inspired me to do the podcast is there's so much more I wanted to say that you can never say on YouTube without getting your channel shut down so yeah yeah, so she called me one day and she was like, you know, I've been doing these on the YouTube, but there's so much more I want to say. Would you ever be willing to like do a podcast about it? And I was like, and like I said, my whole experience looking back on it is like 95, 98%, whatever positive. I didn't have, I don't have ill feelings to Kendra or Hef or Kevin or anybody. And so I was like, yeah, I totally would do it. Yeah, and sometimes time, you know, it's like time heals all wounds. Sometimes it is the time. Like, sometimes it does mm-hmm. take a long time to get over something, especially when it's a relationship and work and in the big, you know, public eye. Mm-hmm. It's like a threefold, you know. Um, would, when you guys were, like, at the mansion doing stuff, would any, like, of these old crony friends of his, <laughs> would they ever, like, hit on you or be like, can you bring a girl for me or anything? They definitely knew not to come anywhere near any of Hef's girls. There was, like, a golden rule. They were barely allowed to talk to us. Mm. And what did you think of that part in the in it? Um, oh, God. In the, <laughs> in the secrets. It's just, like, coming to me. I know there's so much. Where the, like the doctor that you said you met the the doctor and there was like I want to say I saw it on there like that there were that the daughter thought maybe they had a romantic relationship Hef and the doctor (laughs) like there was things that came in later that like I I remember hearing like that he when he was having sex had male porn on and that kind of thing which kind of came out later Mm -hmm. um what did you think of all those stories 
Well, I think maybe they were both in the same orgy at the, in the 70s or Possibly. something like that. But um, when I was with Hef, I was really liked as doctor, and I never sensed – like, they were close friends, but I never sensed anything, like, romantic or no, sexual between either. them. And I always felt like the doctor was super supportive of my and Hef's relationship, too. Yeah. But also, like, things change over the decades. Like, things might have been completely different in the 70s than they were in the 2000s. So I don't know what went on back then. Right. They yeah. might have had some special <laughs> – Bond. Yeah, maybe they grew out of it and the relationship evolved. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Or maybe it was one of those things that um, because he saw himself as such like a sexual revolutional person, maybe he tried it. Oh, no, he definitely tried it. Like he's admitted to that. He's tried. He's had gay sex. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But yeah. You know. But that was. I don't know about him and his doctor. (laughs) Yeah, that was. Yeah. Oh, my God. But it's crazy because. If you, like, Google or, like, I Googled something about it and then an article came up that was, like, the love of Hef's life and it showed a picture of the doctor. And I'm like, (laughs) he would turn in his grave. It was just so weird. Right. Yeah. Well, um, tell everybody where they can follow you guys and listen to the show and all of that. You can find Girls Next Level anywhere you find podcasts. You can follow Girls Next Level underscore podcast on Instagram. I'm Holly Madison on Instagram. She's Bridget Marquardt on Instagram. Yes. And it was so uh-huh. great. I had such a good time. Thank you hey, for being like yeah, letting me you. like ask all yeah. the juicy questions <laughs> and answering them all and being mechanics. I think it's so interesting and I'm excited for this. I think it'll be a big hit. Thank you. Thanks. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.